0: Um I think so Bam we're live guys, last night's show awesome I'm so excited about it I, I I want you to know something real quick that i I think I was very clear about in the show and if I wasn't clear about let me be quadruple down on someone in the comments said something in the YouTube comments um I hope Sevon and and I and I usually and I like to make a lot of mom jokes in the YouTube comments ones. <laughs> That's that's the whole reason, looking for someone to do like a a mom joke. Not what your mom said. Not when I was at your mom's house. Mom doesn't sound like that when her mouth is full. Just whatever. But um, someone in there said something about, I hope he's not a shrill, a trill, a zill, a bill, something for California Hormones. They are my sponsor. But like, I'm – hey Jason. But I'm not on TRT and I'm scared to death to get on TRT and and like – but they're my sponsor, and I love those guys. And anyone who supports the podcast, I don't even – like. as long as you're not hurting kids, I don't give a fuck what you do. If Monster wants to sponsor me, fucking they can jump on the bandwagon, but I ain't drinking <laughs> that shit. But I would love to have them on and have like Monster cans all over me and tell you, hey, this is the cause of, root cause of diabetes and sickness. But 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 fuck, if I'm driving from um, San Francisco to Los Angeles and it's 2 in the morning doing a massive cocaine run, I'm going to drink a few monsters <laughs> to keep me awake fucking (laughs) knuckle i just need to be able to tell the truth that's it about your mom and anyone's mom good morning jason hi and the truth shall set you free (laughs) yes good morning hey uh, speaking of the truth one of the biggest problems that we have on the internet is a website called goruck.com hide your credit cards this place is so yummy i spent way too much time on there last night is this the I mean this is a uh, a fitness man's wet dream. Can you go to Shop All and just look at This this thing is crazy. What do you want to see? Uh, let's go to the rucksacks. I was looking I was scrolling through your Instagram oh, nice. and all god isn't that nice? Yeah. Oh, it's so yummy. Hey, this is probably so Cam can't believe I'm going to ask this. Do they come in like red? <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, don't, I know it's supposed to be, but uh, uh, I, I thought I saw some red ones in different color plates and I'm from California. You got to bear with me, Jason.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, we, we've done all different colors. We've done school colors. We've done red. We've, like, we like, we do things like red or, or blue and we call them things like the American and the, yeah, and, okay. and the Patriot and stuff yes. like that. It ends up being, you know, got to play the limited edition game from time to time. And then also it's, there's real manufacturing constraints and stuff, but you know, you see a lot of stuff like floral patterns out there in in the universe. And like, you're looking at how we do floral right there, right? You got tropic multicam, you got woodland camo. That's how we do floral. And it's, and it's Mm -hmm. awesome. And it's badass.
0: Is that named after Sean Woodland? That one?
1: No, that's just the uh oh
0: good. Okay, good woodland
1: camo was oh, the, the, the sort of the first uniform I wore in the army was was those. It's they call BDUs and you know it's pretty awesome.
0: Um what's the craziest uh Ooh. oh that's nice tiger
1: stripe, there tiger you go.
0: Camo I need to get brushed up on my animals again. I thought that was zebra. God, that's fucking oh nice. come on. So
1: that's old, old Vietnam era camouflage pattern right there.
0: This this website is really nice.
1: Yeah. Thank you for the feedback. All I see in life are problems, right? I saw
0: 1,595 star reviews on that bag. That's all I saw. (laughs) 1,595 star reviews. Sorry, what were you going to say? All you see is problems? Your wife must love you. Your wife (laughs) must love you. Oh, never with (laughs) her. What a dick.
1: (laughs) Just with stuff like websites.
0: Okay, okay, good. Um,
1: and, 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 you know, it's, it's great that, you know, people, we have this um, hobby called shopping in America uh, and I'm, I'm yes. I, I get it. Right. But if, if you buy something and that sits in your, in your closet, my dog monster and I just might show up at your house and take that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> good. To someone that's actually going to use it to get out there and whoop it on and get stronger and heart healthier and burn it down in your, your trails and your parks and your, your neighborhoods. Cause that's what it's meant to do is get out there and, and do something with it. Uh,
0: that being said, I want to tell everyone today, um, uh, Mr. McCarthy brings up an amazing point. Give something away today. If you can, I have, th- I had this brand new womb bike that, um, my kids had outgrown and I never took them out to ride on because I'm a fucking horrible father. And, uh, a friend of mine goes, Hey, I have a, f- uh, um, I know you got a lot of shit. Um, I have a, uh, four-year-old daughter, do you have an extra bike? I just went into my shed, pulled out this brand-new womb bike. It's like the super trendy bike for little kids. I drove it over to his house. Give your shit away. Nah, I, it, um, But I would buy something like that, and it would be $300, and I would make sure I would uh, – I'm pretty disciplined in uh, uh, OCD um, in a healthy way, and I would wear that thing because I spent 300 bucks on it every day for a year. A, a rucksack, it. Yeah. I'm going to you
1: get stronger. you heart, will get healthier. You might run into some other people that are out doing the same thing. You're getting physical health, mental health, social health, all of it. It's the trifecta, man.
0: I met this guy at the beach the other day in Newport, um, and he uh, he had he'd been in a coma. I didn't realize that was two words until recently. He was in a coma for – uh, 82 days. He had a hole here and he had a hole down here. He had them covered. Um, he got in COVID and he had lost, um, and I was like, man, you don't look like someone who, who would be in the hospital and in a coma for uh, 82 days. He said, well, dude, I lost 50 pounds when I was in there. I was smoking two, um, cartridges of the jewel a day. I don't know if you know what the jewel is, but it's this fucking Satan nicotine hit. It's fucking the greatest thing in the world. If you want to die. And, uh, And, and, and he'd been shooting meth as a young man. And I was like, oh, I guess that'll do it to you. Um, And so he said, I need to start exercising again. And I had just read Michael Easter's book. And I think maybe we had just had him on the show. So I I told him the first thing and and Michael Easter says in the book, like, Hey, this thing will get your heartbeat up, but you don't got to be running with it. And that's the first thing I said, is I said, get a go ruck. And he said, how much should I put in it? And I said, fucking nothing. Just, th- I mean, you know what I mean? Just get the bag, like get the bag. I think you get fitter if you get right. How much does that bag weigh?
1: The bag's five pounds or so. I mean, yeah.
0: Right. Just I mean, get the well, bag. so
1: yeah. I mean, the thing is, is do the thing, right? The thing is move, be more right. active. And this yep. is like, yeah, we, we, we message this around rucking and stuff. Cause it makes walking harder. Cause walking is just not sexy, even though it's the most effective form of, of exercise on the planet for the most people. Yeah. I'm a huge, but walker. it's like, do the thing. You know, be more active and we need a more active society. We need a more active culture. We need a more, we need people to be more active, not just, you know, online with their thumbs either.
0: (laughs) It's so, it's so, um, pathetic when I go places like Phoenix or Los Angeles and they have these amazing sidewalk networks and there's just no one on them. There's just no, no, no one walks. I mean, I'm a crazy walker. I'm a walking machine. It's nuts that people don't walk. Are you a walker?
1: I, my office is four miles from uh, my house. I ruck to work or sometimes a bike to work depends on the time. Um, I, you know, the only metric I really track is my step count because I've just correlated with everything that I want to get out of life. Like I feel better, I sleep better, all that stuff. And, and I'm also prone to like a total idealist. So I could sit in front of a computer and just work on the mission at hand for forever right. but you know you got to have these checks and balances and and the community does that for me the people that i you know just sling some sandbags around with do it for me but then the personal responsibility side of it is i, I got to get my steps in and get outside as michael eastward say look at the fractals and do all these things that are great for your the, the added benefits of just being outside and and stuff like that as well plus it just it, it makes me feel a lot better and that's that's good
0: um, three out of four doctors say that while you're rucking, that you'll get twenty more, twenty percent more out of the ruck if you listen to the Seven Podcast while you're rucking. <laughs> <It's> facts. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, facts, and the truth shall set you free. <laughs> right.
0: What? What is? What's the? Uh, what's some of the crazy ruck stories you've heard? Like, has has anyone done like, um, like? Uh, Uh, 120 pounds, like you know, for 10 miles, or like, what's some of the crazy shit you hear?
1: Yeah, I mean, so look, rucking is is rooted in special forces training. When you look at this stuff online, you think that it's. That's why Dave likes it it so
0: much, right? Like Dave, my buddy Dave Castro, loves that shit.
1: Yeah, I mean, Dave's you know, Dave is great, and Dave, I will always credit. He put the Castro ruck in the games a few years ago, and it was awesome. I've never seen rucking done like that with incremental increases. For for time, I thought it was awesome and, and a great way to train. Um, yeah, I mean that's it's rooted in special operations for sure, and so it's you and you're by yourself and you have weight on your back. That's what it is. And the crazy story, so 120 pounds, like yeah, that was part of our training for 18 for 18 hours, right? In the insertion crazy. and our final training episode. But the, the the best things that I hear now, the crazy stories that really inspire me are the things that people. They they felt empowered. They felt more badass to put a little bit of weight on their back and go explore the the the, uh, the the trails and the sidewalks in their neighborhoods close to home. And what happens is when you take that first step, what you'll find is you run into other people that are taking that first step too. You you find more active people, and so the best thing that I've I've gotten is you know I'm I'm the veteran space is near and dear to my heart, and I I do get notes from time to time that. I started rucking, it helped me get my mojo back after my transition. I was going to kill myself and now I wasn't. And this had nothing to do necessarily with being overweight or, you know, weak or anything like that. It had to do with kind of a sense of belonging. How do I translate where I can where I came from with with this country that I love that I want to be a productive citizen in? And rucking became a method to kind of build that bridge and and I can attest cuz I walked that a similar path without the kind of i wasn't going to kill myself but it was it was kind of a lonely world and trying to figure out how to walk into the next phase of life and it turned out for me it, 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 i just needed to put a rucksack on
0: uh man you opened up a lot of doors now we're going to leave we're going to swerve way off the path <laughs> uh to, to be a productive citizen for this country it's so funny it's such a trip, the journey that I've I've been on. I, w- I was raised in Berkeley, California. Um, for anyone who ever has any chance to spend in Berkeley, I highly, highly, highly recommend it, even though the town has completely gone batshit crazy. I just went there this past weekend, and they still have not recovered from COVID. Uh, and by that, I mean not the virus, I mean the – um. The mental disorder that it's caused yeah it's crazy but they have these hills called the berkeley hills and i spent years walking them and it's where i did all my work when i worked for crossfit i just walked the berkeley hills and did phone calls for hours every single day and in those berkeley hills they have stairs everywhere in between like the, the they're called hidden stairs and secret stairs they weave through the neighborhood between people's homes it's fucking and anything will grow in berkeley I mean, you. I could live off of the fruit trees that are just on the streets. It's absolutely a slice of heaven, except for the people. But I was raised in Berkeley, thinking with zero country pride, hating the flag, hating this country, um, uh, uh, being a professional fucking complainer. Everything that was the opposite of what of what JFK said. Um, uh, ask what uh, don't don't ask what um your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country. And um, then I had kids. And, and that and, and everything changed all of a sudden it mattered to me I'm um, someone said to me the other day and, and I don't mean to make this uh, hyper political but someone said to me how could anyone ever vote for Donald Trump and I said well you would never vote for him for yourself you would vote for him for your country you would vote for him because you want what's best for your kids and uh, it, um, because because I'm, I'm not fond of a lot of the man's characteristics but it's so it's um. It's 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 unbelievable how many people don't think like that. What they can do to make where they live a better place, and and I think that the one of the first places you have to do that is take care of your health. Uh, not I think I know, I know. If you're not taking care of your health, you are a um, you're the anchor on uh, on on society. You're. you're well, the I think drag. Churchill
1: said something like the greatest treasure a nation has is the health of its people. He said that. Some some quote. Just yeah. Like well,
0: that. he well he would know too because his health wasn't so good. Yeah. Man. Um, and, 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 and you need a mission like that for a sense of belonging. And you, t- and I've heard you talk about that in some of your other podcasts. Um, you talk about as a young man, you went on a trip, uh, like sort of, sort of like a sojourn, like a, a soul searching mission, but it, what you didn't accomplish anything. And I always felt like that about the CrossFit games too. People always ask me well, now that I got, got fired from CrossFit and I'm not there anymore. People say, don't you want to go to the games? I, as much as I love the games and I love the athletes, if I don't have a mission, I'm not interested in going there unless I have a mission. Is my mission to collect autographs from every athlete? Maybe. Is my mission to make sure the TV show and the cameras are working properly? Maybe. But I need a mission. I can't go. I can't go. I'm not, I'm not, um, I don't Um. want to just go and just not have a mission. I don't want to, I want to have a purpose. We all need that.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. I took a, I, I, you know, I, it's like, go, go find yourself, go take a trip, fly into Istanbul on in a one-way ticket and figure it out. It's, it's not where you find yourself. Right. That, that's not at least. That's not how it went for me. It was just kind of being lost in new places all the time and chasing dopamine hits from you know like girls w- wherever the party is. Yeah. Yeah, girls. And it's it's just kind of you, you have to you have to find some adversity in your life that that'll teach you who you are, and then you can go have fun and party and and it, it's like you you have some perspective. But yeah, I didn't find what I was looking for because I didn't find community. I didn't find people that I really wanted to spend consistent recurring time with. And, you know, I'm going to think about the people on that trip zero when I'm on my deathbed. You know, right, I'm going to think right. about the people that are near and dear to me. And yeah, you know, you and and it was also just a crazy time for our, our country because it was right after 9-11 and I, I didn't know how I wanted to serve or if I had the courage, frankly, to serve how I knew I needed to. And so it was kind of a, all right. Well, let's delay the inevitable. Like, let me just go think about this, right? Which is just a way to prolong everything and yep. do, do what you know you need to do. Right? <laughs> were we don't you suffer raised from a lack of knowledge?
0: Were you raised in in a, a homeful? Was your mom a Democrat?
1: So, mom. Mom was seventeen when she got pregnant and barely eighteen when she had me. Moved down to, to Gainesville. Um. My that's family. Florida, that's when Florida, I was, correct? Yeah, when I was she, she moved down. She played tennis, so moved down to Gainesville with with her when I was three. Um, my my family was super fractured politically. My um, one side was very Republican. I don't mean conservative, although they were maybe a little bit closer back then. But they were very conservative, and my other grandmother, who was very influential in my life, was very liberal. And I, I kind of that's kind of the story of my life as I just got. I got it from all different sides, but I also learned that I can love people that are at this huge extreme of, of the political discourse. And we didn't really talk about politics all that much, but I mean, I love, I love my grandfather. I love my grandmother on both sides, all sides. And they had, I mean, their political beliefs just are span the whole spectrum and I love all of them.
0: Right. Uh, and, and were you were you raised any were you raised in a in a in a the reason why i'm i'm digging in here is when you said it's i look i i i heard your story about um 911 happened and how you were enraged and how you wanted to contribute and i'm just i'm trying to figure out how um that that never entered my mind um when 9/11 happened i'm wondering where where that comes from and and i'm thinking maybe that it never entered my mind because of the way i was raised but but i'm trying to think where yeah i think
1: that's, that that could be right i mean you know i was i was taught that America is a great country and you know i was taught that the flag means a lot but it was also at a time you know it was also a different time because you know the 80s and the 90s there was no real Like the military, I mean, the Cold War was different. It was kind of the CIA more than military, special operations and bearded dudes and NVGs and stuff just wasn't a thing. And, you know, my my grandparents, without coming from a specific kind of military vantage point, I mean, did hugely praise our country, you know. And and so it's like, look, these are the opportunities that you have because you live here and. That that makes or obviously it left a mark in an, an impression that you, you and, and Sebastian Younger came from it from the other side. Right. The 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 liberal order, as he describes and, and, and he expected his dad to support his kind of absolute independence, like do whatever you want. And his father told him, you don't know your country. Nothing. Whatever might Who, be, you, wait, you know lost me.
0: Who's Sebastian nothing. Young?
1: He wrote a book called Tribe. Right. He, he produced a, a film called Restrepo. Um, he's, he's one of the, the great oh, yes. war correspondents of of yes. our ever, like, yes. you know, and he, and he's, he's very liberal. Another guy, I uh, just love the guy, want to hear what he has to say about stuff, came at it from a different perspective. He was a journalist, right? I ended up being a, a soldier and, you know, I think that maybe you found out through your kids, which is a great way to, to do it also like serve America, serve your kids, like yes, th- those, aren't, 100%. those aren't different things nope. like service is not just in the, that badass camo that you saw on our website. There's a million different ways to do it. And, and we get into this problem cycle of I've got to do this, or I've got to do that in order to serve my country. Like, I don't think that because I served in the army, that makes me no better than, you know, anybody. Like it was a privilege and an honor. My sister is an inner city school teacher in DC. God bless her. I can't do that job. That's not right. for me there's all different kinds. You've got moms and dads trying to raise healthy, strong kids. That's a fight worth fighting right now. And it's hard. You know, it's hard. We, I got crazy kids. I see your kids too. I got, my kids are crazy, man. How old are your kids? 10, seven and five. Oh, wow. Wow. And you know, they're, they're growing up getting kicked outside. Like, Hey, it, and it's not quite the same as, you know, when we were kids and it's come back, right. come back when the streetlights come on, it's not <laughs> yeah. quite like that, but it is, Hey, go outside. You got to breathe some freedom. And we got it extra thick here in Florida, which is awesome. And, you know, it's like, go explore, go, go, go burn some energy off. Like this is a normal thing. You know, our, our two younger ones are, are both boys and they're just pure chaos. I, I see your stuff with your kids. It's it's like them. If If you try to sit our youngest down and say, Hey, you know, read this book all day, he'll go nuts. You know, he's five. He yeah. You can't leave three boys in a house.
0: Yes. Yes. Swing. Yes. Him, swinging. Bro. Yes. You cannot leave the boys inside alone. They'll, they'll, they'll take our, <laughs> while you're, while you're taking a dump, they'll take apart the refrigerator. I mean, it is, it's <laughs> yeah, like living with monkeys. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it is. I, I feel it. It's when we were, go outside, climb ropes and do stuff.
0: When we were, uh, um, I went to Africa uh, several times with Greg to build schools there uh, with Greg Glassman, the founder of CrossFit. And one time we were um, sitting outside of in front of our hotel room, drinking a cup of coffee in the morning. And there were like, I don't know, a hundred monkeys. And they they were the zoo monkeys, but they were free in the zoo in Kenya. The monkeys can come and go, you know, and they were over (laughs) at our hotel and they were surrounding us. And we were throwing macadamia nuts at them and shit. And they were coming down and. Greg goes, wouldn't it be awesome to just get a box of lighters and give it to these guys? <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, God, <yeah. laughs> oh, dude, they would burn Kenya down <laughs> in 20 minutes. They're so mischievous. Have you had any time with monkeys? Have you ever been anywhere where there's monkeys, Jason?
1: Uh, I mean, Vietnam's got them. And yeah, so I've I've, I've seen that.
0: And they're sure. batshit crazy, aren't they? Yeah. Checking yeah. your windows on your hotel room at night like they're coming in. You're <laughs> oh, like, shit. who the fuck yeah. are you? <laughs> um does does i saw jimmy letchford on your instagram account does that guy work for you or does or is he your friend yeah
1: jimmy yeah jimmy's great he runs our growth
0: wow he was one of the best people i ever worked with in my whole life i like like if i he was the people if i showed up at a meeting and he was there i was like it it was as good as like the like having a pretty girl in like one of my classes like i was so excited when i saw (laughs) jimmy he's a he's a cool dude i'll and quote ch- you on that jimmy yeah.
1: is as good as a pretty girl oh man he's such a cool <laughs> dude
0: He's and it's always safe wherever he's at that 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 man can handle his business there's a calm to him that's uh man well, well yeah. you're stoked um can you pull uh, there's a um uh in the notes i sent you matt there's a video of J- jimmy drinking from a horn um an instagram link did anyone beat him no I, no no one did beat him and there was a $1000 if you could beat him
1: yeah i mean he's got special skills i mean that is a, <laughs> a superpower that he has he harnessed it right he harnessed it i mean he's basically on that video if if you were listening to the audio like he's talking shit right now about i don't know what the fastest anybody else has done this but this is about to be the fastest and everyone's like yeah 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 and then that's a whole beer inside of that ram's horn and it's gosh. Oh
0: <laughs> i mean yeah um, special skills man there there are some great stories of um of of him and dave that him and dave are friends they're they're close friends but there were uh something i learned being this um a a liberal goofball coming from Berkeley and getting immersed with all these mill guys is like they can come close to fighting. And then like an hour later, like be friends. Like if that, if two, that happens to liberals, we don't talk for six lifetimes.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So there's this this cultural team room environment, right? And the team room, in in my case, it was 12 guys on a special forces. And you were, and you
0: were green beret. I was. Okay.
1: And so, you know, you, you shut the door and it's not that rank doesn't exist. It's just, the, this is how the tip of the spear always sharpens. Iron sharpens, sharpens iron, right? And it's just, a, I mean, anything that anybody does is is terrible. Like you're the worst ever. That's the dumbest effing idea I've ever heard, right? <laughs> and you see if someone will back down from it. And if they back down, you know that they don't actually, they're not fully committed. And wow. so there's, it's just always this banter. Everyone's always trying to one-up each other. And it culturally... What it does is it creates it creates an environment of like brotherhood and camaraderie, but it also makes everybody better because you're accountable to them. So you've got to kind of learn how to operate in that environment. The love language in in the team room is is great. I still harken back to it, and it's very much like things can go to blows fast, and then it's like, all right, cool, right? <laughs> We've settled this for today. Tomorrow's a new day.
0: <laughs> um, there's this uh, there's this famous tennis academy in. Um... In in Florida, uh, there's a guy Nick Bolletari, I think, who yeah, owned Ballater, it.
1: He was Agassi's old coach.
0: Yeah, okay, and 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 he sold his tennis academy down there, like to Under Armour. I think Under Armour maybe has sold it to someone else since then or something. But the but basically, it's now it's not just a, a tennis academy. Now it's like I think everything. Like I think Kobe trained there as a kid, and like it, it's like basketball, tennis. It's this crazy academy. Anyway, so we went down there in the early years of CrossFit and there were like 15 CrossFitters like back in the Spieler days. Right. I don't know if you, have you been around CrossFit for a long time? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so we went down there and, and, um, and I think, um, uh, G- they were Dave's athletes, right. Cause he ran the games, but I think Jimmy was like running the operation. Like he was coordinating it with the, um, the people at Boletari's camp. And basically it was like a three day workshop and they took CrossFitters through this spectrum. It's like, um, it's like the combine and, but, but, um, for their athletes. And they started taking the CrossFitters through it. And of course, CrossFitters were just destroying every record. But there was a team building event and we were in a small room and they had to do some role playing. And in the role playing, there were like certain rules you couldn't say, like you couldn't attack someone's character or or something and in uh and in uh it was supposed to be team building so you guys get closer together and the first two people to go up there were um dave and jimmy now grant we're visiting these people (laughs) we're fucking visiting these people they're taking us to a team building event and within fucking 30 seconds uh, they have to jump in between (laughs) jimmy and dave because they're about to start fighting they're in each other's face just fucking going off and i had never seen anything like that i was like holy shit It was nuts. Those people there must have freaked out. Yeah. And Dave right away broke the rules. Like, I was, I forgot what you're not supposed to say to your teammate, but he went straight there. Like, fuck you. You're not going to tell him what to do. And (laughs) Jimmy's like, Jimmy, I think Jimmy maybe grabbed him. It was, it was awesome. Anyway, I'm going
1: to call Jimmy after this and ask him that story. Yeah. I'm leaving
0: some stuff out purposely because I just, it shouldn't be said, some of the exchange, but it was fucking brilliant. And I was scared of both those guys. God bless
1: god bless dave right i'm yeah can handle his own i have no doubt i don't fight dudes with cauliflower ears
0: no 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 jimmy walks into a bar and he switch bars yeah yeah yeah
1: (laughs) swinging knuckles this day and age like that's some proof of bravado man we need to find new rites of passage because that is not that's a great way to end up you know bad stuff like you never know what someone's capable of unless they have cauliflower ears in which case don't fight them
0: Yeah. yeah Every day, I rub some sandpaper on mine. <laughs> <laughs> you have cauliflower ears because I'm 600 podcasts in. <laughs> um, w- what? Um, uh, uh, yeah, I know, I know, but I, I, I have to leave this unsaid. I am, I, 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 I apologize. I apologize. Um, w- w- you know who needs a um, a a ruck? Y- y- and maybe he has like already 300
1: million people.
0: sorry you're right you're right Um, why 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 two two questions why doesn't the liver king have a ruck and what's the difference between a ruck and a weight vest in terms of um anything stimulus culture um uh, effectiveness but but let's start with the liver king that guy's made for a ruck do you know who that is let's get him one that's the jack dude in texas who just eats raw meat do you know him this is his shit right here this ancestral supplements uh, will I don't you bring think him? So. Like, will you bring him up? Let's uh, send him one. Yeah, he has this thing called the barbarian,
1: and it's, it's basically perfect.
0: he puts twenty pound ankle weights on his ankles, and he carries two kettlebells, and and he and he and he uh, and he pulls That's a, a good sled. Start. Yeah, and he pulls like a yeah. hundred and seventy pound sled. He's awesome. He's awesome. He's he's oh. he's he's just a one man, and people are always fixated on the fact that whether he's uh, juicing or not, I could give two fucks. I want to. He's just working in every video. He's working.
1: Yeah, that's sweet.
0: Yeah, he's a good dude, Brian Johnson,
1: Brian Johnson.
0: Brian Johnson. Okay. Yeah, Afterwards, I'm going to connect you to him.
1: Okay, great. So, second question: weight vest. Yes. yes. Okay. So, you know my my past, same as same as Dave, same as Jimmy's. I mean, weight vests are worn, you know, because you have body armor on both sides, right? I mean, so, so, so like, they're to
0: protect you from bullets, is is, is what a correct. weight vest is. Okay. I mean,
1: this is this is sort of you know, m- m- Murph. My, Lieutenant Michael Murphy, Medal of Honor recipient, you know, God bless him and his family. I mean, the, he called Murph body armor when he came up with it, you know, mm-hmm. because you're training as you fight. So there's a couple problems. First off, do the thing. I'm not here to sit and say, don't do not do the weight vest. I think I think we're born to carry. We need to carry more load, more of the time to get better in our, in our lives. There's a couple negatives to, to weight vests. Um, the first is, is that if someone, and I was just chatting with Kelly Starrett about this, this this past, I guess, weekend. His quote was basically people that have worn body armor their whole lives have the worst posture on planet Earth. Mm. Right. It just sort of takes everything and you just go down, you know? And and that's true. Like you have to kind of, I mean, I start to think about it, just compresses everything. It brings your your whole kind of body, and it's harder to breathe, of course, because you your your stomach has got, you know, weight plates or or actual armor. In the front, it's just constricting. That's what it is. So if you take that same amount of weight, say say you want to, you know, ruck murph instead of doing it with a, a weight vest on, you put 20 pounds on your back, while you're running, running will be simpler, right? Simpler meaning simpler to breathe. Your, your chest, you can open it up more fully. And when you stand with a rucksack on, it naturally, it, you know, put the weight high and tight on your back, but it'll naturally kind of posture correct because it, it forces you to put your shoulders back, which too many of us don't do because we're staring down at our phone or our keyboard. And that becomes the habit that our body learns and it's a, it's a negative habit. And so this is posture corrective. So if you do that while you're training as well, you're just adding resistance plus posture correction. And the, the, the better you, your form is, you know the the, the more power, powerful you can be, all, all that kind of jazz
0: so you think so it's better for form it's better for training it's better for carrying it's better for your body your skeleton your muscles
1: yes so i mean the the short of it though is look i mean body armor if you are going to fight with body armor on you need to train like you fight period the end you need to learn what it's like to have constricted breathing because it's worth having that plate on the front it's worth having your magazines in the front and in the you know on, on the front of your your body armor but I think for most people it's it's just become kind of a, a cultural thing where you wanna wear the the weight vest because it's a a simpler way to kind of have weight on your body, but or it just became kind of popular. And I get that. I think it should be popular. I think Memorial Day is a great day to to kind of remember those who have sacrificed for our country. Day to day, like walking around your neighborhood and your sidewalks with a weight vest on, I'm just not gonna do it. I don't I don't wanna do that. It, it it makes me feel. I mean, I I wore that as, as uh, I, I wore it for real, and I, it makes me feel kind of like a poser. <laughs> like I don't right, really want right. to do that. And and there's right. a better way to do it. The better way to do it in every way, unless you're training like you fight, is to put the weight on your on your back and to choose the weight wisely. Though, people say rucking. Okay, great rucking. But rucking is 20 pounds, or mm. rucking is 100 pounds. You need to scale that just like you would any type of weighted movement to where your your body is and what you can handle safely. Uh,
0: There's a guy, um, uh, his name's Thomas Delure. Do you know who that is? He's on YouTube. He's got a huge YouTube following. He's the Keto guy. So, him and Dave are are actually um, getting ready to do in June, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this, um, a 50 pound Go Ruck. Shasta for 50 miles fasted so basically wake up in the morning don't eat and then do it and and they've been training for it and and dave asked me hey do you want to come along and i said yeah i would come along but i'm only gonna i'm just gonna wear the ruck empty oh this guy yeah yeah this guy Uh, i'm just gonna wear the ruck empty (laughs) it's gonna carry a sweatshirt in there (laughs) it it, is um when when people get one of these things, is it okay just to start with it empty? I, I'm I'm a I'm a very delicate man. I'm a very I'm a Yeah, a small I don't first man, off I don't buy man. that,
1: but second off, I mean <laughs> I want people should be more active. Do the thing.
0: Okay. Right?
1: If if weight is the impediment, don't let weight be an impediment. Do the thing.
0: Man, you're a good dude. Honey, you should love me. I would love to hear you talk to your wife. Um uh uh honey, you should love me no matter what. Don't let my breath get in the way. Don't let it stop you don't let my anger management issues get in the way love me don't let me stop you from expressing your love towards me i'm gonna try that on my wife today you are a good dude um uh um so tell me about this event you just did um in in jackson everyone was talking about it was it kind of like a who's who was like it was everyone and their mom there
1: there were a lot of people there and that was kind of the point so it's called sandlot jacks fitness mm-hmm. festival And you know, about a year ago, we started, well, in the middle of the pandemic, we started hosting driveway workouts, right? Just invited people to come out outside. It was great. Toss some Like at your house? Yeah. In our driveway. Okay, Okay. come out when we're done, we'll drink some beers or whatever, talk about the world. It's awesome. Right. Social fitness wrapped into all this, which to me, you know, as I mentioned, I'm I'm kind of in the the mental health veteran space you know I, I guess it's in vogue to say you're an advocate for mental health so right. what, however you want to slice and dice that like I, I really believe that there there is a problem but i don't think that going to the shrink with the waterfall in the background is necessarily the only solution right. i think we need we need stronger communities and we need more interconnected people that that also prioritize help so like real health you know come out do the fitness do the do the strength get stronger get heart stronger all that stuff and you know, the more that I saw, because I had the same reaction to a lot of the people. Um, well, we, we ran 700 live events in 2020. And we ran like 550 in 2021, right? Through, wow. through Go Ruck. And so I was out in San Francisco, birthplace or the site of the first GoRuck challenge in 2010. Um, and I had someone show up to my challenge. It was going to be like a six-hour challenge. And, you know, his heart rate is just through the roof. I can see he's almost hyperventilating at the very, very like, Hey, do some pushups and some squats. Right. I'm like, dude, what's going on? He's like, I haven't left my apartment in three weeks because I'm doing my part. Right. I'm door and Sandy wipe. And, you know, this is my part. And I'm like, man, it doesn't look like, like I was, very, I was as empathetic as I could be and, and gave the, gave the guy a hug. Literally. And I'm like, dude, you're, you're done here.
0: And he hated like, you for that because you touched him and, and breathed on him. But Go on.
1: You're, you're done here. You know, like you need to, you need to go outside and go for a walk. It's okay. Do, do yeah. your part to take care of your own health. Yeah. And so anyway, that kind of, I, I just became really averse to that, not in just a, a, a divide and conquer kind of way, but just in a way of how do we bring people together that are into health and wellness and fitness and celebrate this way of life and do it outside. That was kind of the, the big thing. And so we just started planning this festival called Sandlot Jacks and it was meant to be a community of communities. So we invited all sorts of different, that's Melissa urban, right? I mean, she's the whole, yeah, I thought she was
0: locked up in a basement somewhere.
1: No, hell no. Melissa (laughs) worked out five or six days five or six days a week throughout the pandemic she calls going outside and hiking her that's my yeah but okay um, well i I,
0: people were sending me uh throughout the last two years people sending me her post and she she seemed like she was like locked up in a basement somewhere maybe i misunderstood
1: absolutely not she was outside you know she was at the gym working out and she was outside in the the trails of utah she's she's great people
0: okay um if you you say so but I i got questions
1: great um
0: I, I need so, to have her on. I need to have her on.
1: Let, yeah, she, she's a great – she's great people. Anyway, I'll okay. I'll sync you up if, if you'd like. Um,
0: she's but, not better than Jimmy. She's not better than Jimmy.
1: <laughs> Jimmy's great people too. Like yeah. we actually had – so fun fact to connect those two because they both live – Jimmy's right outside Park City and Melissa's in Salt Lake. We had – my wife and I had Melissa on our podcast, but we did it in Jimmy's kids' playroom. Like, hey, Jimmy's oh. kids. So she came over. It was – you know, just worlds colliding. But so yes. back to the fitness festival. Yes, the, the idea was basically: look, bring all these people from all over, all different kinds of people that are into fitness. What does fitness mean? Right, go outside, be active, be active with other people, even better. Right, and and live that life. So we had, you know, the the ready state was there with with the Starettes. We had Savage Race, Race built an obstacle of course. Rogue Fitness was there. Bill and Katie showed up. They did strength. They brought some of their their challenges to life you know we had of course go ruck was there and we did a bunch of a bunch of events including the first ever go ruck games and you know you had people with axe throwing competitions you had a skateboarder mike v was there right led a kind of skate skateboarding session the point is is we think about fitness too often there's kelly with with jason kalipa two great dudes like tim kennedy was there and jason kalipa grappled with tim kennedy And, you know, just like was that
0: impromptu was that That was impromptu. I mean, yeah. so
1: so the full story is Jason Kalipa has wanted to do that for a long time. And he he said as much He's like, I've been I've been wanting to grapple Tim Kennedy for two years now. And all of a sudden they're like trying to rip out the mats underneath the the rogue rig that set up. And the team came over and Jason Kalipa told a great story. He's like, I was expecting them to say, hey, get away from here. And the team was like, oh, you need some mats. Cool. We got some extras right over here. Just bring them out over here. You guys can grapple until your until your hearts delight, and they did. And uh, you know they are just great sports about it. So all these different kinds of fitness, right? Like routinely try new things, right? I think that's a thing that we all believe in. But what does it look like? Because too often times you 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 talk about, well, I go to the CrossFit Games, but I don't want to anymore because I don't have a mission. And the CrossFit Games is just CrossFit, and there is a place for that. If that's your if that is your temple of fitness, then go to your temple of fitness. Watch the people do the things, meet the people. That's great. Where do people discover new things now, though? Right? How do you kind of stumble into? I, I believe that more people should do yoga. I believe that more people should try grappling. I believe that more people should try skateboarding. Like try hot Pilates,
0: hot Pilates, hot Pilates. Try
1: it. Yep, try it. Yep, Instead yep. of making fun of people or saying that's not for me or or yep. whatever, or just or worse yet, just because we're getting such, the marketers of the universe are so good now. You get targeted as the person that likes this thing. And that's the only ad you ever see. That's the only thing that's in your ecosystem. But I believe that people are more united by this curiosity to try new things, as long as they can bring their friends with them. The social part of fitness is like, let's go try this thing. That's how all (laughs) the best decisions are made, right? It's like, hey, let's go do this thing, you know? And, and, like, sure, be the kind of person that says, yes, sure, I'll go do the thing. And so that was kind of the impetus for this. And we also stacked a bunch of TED style talks. We called them fit talks. So we have 30 plus of those. Michael Easter was the MC. Wow. You know, we, we also had, you know, because what is fitness? We also had the CEO of Niantic, the company that created Pokemon Go. His name's John Hankey. Great people, lives, um, lives in the San Fran era. His offices are right there. Like, so is that fitness? seven billion kilometers were walked in 2021 alone playing pokemon go and other 90 games wow is that fitness
0: seven wow. billion you
1: know <laughs> that's the thing where you like use your
0: kilometers. phone and like you find these characters like in a 3d universe that's kind of in your yes. universe oh yeah
1: yes okay. so it's it's like you know it's but you have to walk in the world to play it you have yeah, to go yeah so yeah. he calls it accidental history you know and and um you know, you go wait, why does he the,
0: call it that? Explain that so, to me. Sorry, okay. I know that's a bit so, off, but
1: so there will be these kind of portals or these pokey stops, these gyms, whatever they are in inside of the game. But that could be, you know, uh what's a it could be a monument that's close to you. Like everything in DC is a great place to play, like the Lincoln. The Lincoln is is a pokey stop. So you have to go up to the Lincoln and yeah. there you are, and you're staring at, at Abe. Right. Yeah. God yeah. bless him. You're staring at him and you're catching, you know, your Pokemon or whatever. But there you are. And then you look off to the left. What's that? Oh, it's the Gettysburg address that's inscribed yeah. in, in, the, in the wall there. Maybe you take the time to read it, whereas you it took you to that place. And there's there's all sorts of those all over our country. There's great parks. There's great. Why did this exist? There's a there's a there's a plaza in downtown Jacksonville where JFK spoke. And there's a there's a, a, a kind of a plaque that talks about in the, in the civil rights era. And this is where he gave the speech, and there's all sorts of that stuff in in, in and around our country. We just our blinders are on, and we don't right. see it. Mm-hmm. So the accidental history part is it takes you to these cool parts of town, or these cool things that you didn't know were there, right in your neighborhood, right? Like you want to take this exotic trip to Iceland? Awesome. Have you been to the hill that's right next to your house ever? Right. You know, do right. both. Yeah. Right. Do the things right. and do the things. Yeah. Do all the things. Be more active, and and this is just kind of a way to discover more things that are out and about. And, and it also brings people together. A lot of the game dynamics are that you, you have to play with other people in order to be successful. So there is a social component to it as well. And it's saved a lot of lives because, you know, it gets people out and about what is fitness, you know, what is fitness and how do we reach more people through that and, and inspire them to do it. And it's, it's not, some people are going to respond to the Dave Castro's and some people are going to respond to the Tim Kennedy's and some people are going to respond to, well, I, I need to just go walk more and I'm going to go catch some Pokemon. And that, that's great. Let's do, let's do all the things, but let's celebrate being active.
0: And and so you had the first go rut games there. We did. So and and we what, these- what are the go rut game? Like what was the actual event? If you could yeah, share so that with me,
1: we had all of the, this infrastructure that was there. So we had the three brands, kind of the pillars of it, which is, Savage Race was an obstacle course, right? It's like I was tested on obstacle courses in special forces training that that's kind of you you are in the military, right? Rogue strength and conditioning and and GoRuck rucking, so weighted carries. And you take those three things and you say, "Okay, so our roots in in GoRuck are in special forces, special operations. How are you how are you trained? Training is a test. So how are you tested?" And that that is a broad test because you're you're not really Nobody cares what you can do fresh. It's it's all about grit. It's all about kind of what can you do that's a little bit of a curveball that's not exactly, you know. Yeah. So that's the confidence course part of it. So I'll tell you how the game started. So they showed up Friday afternoon and it said, all right, here's your brief. You're in this field. But tomorrow morning at 6 a.m., we'll meet you at the beach. Here's your start point, start location." So the cadre who were there, you know, decorated combat veterans of special operations um, are like, okay, so now here's your here's your rucksack. It's 45 for the males, 30 for the females. Now get in the water. So they get them out to the the ocean. And there they are. They're in the ocean. He's like, you know, there's there's a flag out in the middle. It's like, all right, we're going to sing the national anthem now. So they're singing the national anthem, you know, with, you know, they're they're salt water and all the stuff in their, in their shoes. And then it's like, you line them up, put them in the prone position in the sand. Right. It's like, all right. Unknown distance, unknown time. Ready? Go. Oh, with, by the with, way, the,
0: with these rucks on in the yeah, water. 45. Right. 30. Okay. Yep.
1: So male, female. And so, oh, by the way, here's a, here's an additional curveball. It's an individual event, but here's a curveball. So up there, you'll see two up there. You'll see two flagpoles. One is for the males. One is for the females. If you're in front, if you're in the lead, carry that flagpole. What they didn't know is that it was a custom rogue fitness build that weighed 18 pounds. Oh. Right? So then you get into, okay, this is an individual event, but there's a team dynamic, sort of. Right? So you get people out in front and they s- established crews, basically, you know, the, the the stronger were out front and they just rotated it. Right? But then they got to the halfway point and they they staked the flags in the ground and then it's a release rug. And- you know, they, they went back, and it, it ended up being a 12-mile ruck on the beach. That was event one.
0: What is a release ruck, meaning halfway through the race, you get to take your ruck off and just you're free? No, 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 go. sorry. Oh.
1: So oh. so they were – the constraint out of the gates was the flag was in front. Okay. So so you ended up having, say, four, or five, or six people right in front with that flag. Once that flag was planted, it's like now whoever finishes first oh. wins this event. Wow. Right? So, so, it's, it's so a, 10 of us will be running –
0: so Ten of us will be running against each other, but no one can pass the guy with the flag
1: correct Wow wow, and the flag weighs eighteen pounds
0: and so so, and so I might run with it for a hundred yards and then pass it to you, and then you pass it back to me and we're and we're kind of taking turns
1: but you're it's an individual competition at the same time right so the thing that the thing that's hmm. that's it's it's uh, a <laughs> Did people unknown, do that? Did
0: they pass the flag off to each yeah, other? They did. Yeah. They
1: did, and the, and they, they said like, look, this was great. It was almost like there was a camaraderie to it, despite the fact that this was an individual event. That's yeah. just one curveball that we throw because w- when when we were tested, special forces assessment and selection, it was basically take all instructions from the whiteboard, and you would they would the, the cadre would write something on the whiteboard and be like, this time, this place, this uniform, and you show up, and it's like the whiteboard said something new. You got to go back and you started out in your uniform, and then you got to go put running stuff on, and then you you know. Then you got to bring this amount of weight. Then you got to bring that amount of weight. It's, it's, it's just kind of, it's a constant unknown. Yeah, there you go. That, that's what the beginning of the go rut games was like. Um, and so then the next phase moved onto the, the field and it was a lot of strength and conditioning stuff. So, you know, carry this thing for how long can you, farmers carry a couple of, uh, you know, sandbags or, you know, what's your pull-up time or, or what's your hundred pound one-miler ruck time? And then, so that was uh, day, that was the, the end of day one day two, they started out And the final event of the kind of combine style qualification was they, they just raced on the obstacle course. So it was a 17 obstacle obstacle course wow. on, on a quarter mile track. So these were stacked against wow. each other. Um, these were stacked. And, and so it's, it's for speed. This set. sounds
0: expensive, Jason. For whom? For you.
1: Well, like I said, we already had all this infrastructure <laughs> it's built out, right? It's so we had This, this is whole crazy. We had this whole festival that was already in place where thousands now. of people paid to be there and their brands and partners and sponsors. So it wasn't just as, hey, show up and watch these people do this thing. It was, right. hey, all the people could do the things as well. I mean, Jason Kalipa taught classes, Kelly stock taught classes, You know, Jimmy and Ryan Mannion led the Mannion Wad. Right for Travis Manning Foundation. Yeah, um, wow. You know, street parking was there. They they led classes. Wow. go ruck led classes. There were all these fit talks that you could go to to listen to in between your your training. Melissa Urban taught yoga classes. Right, Mike V talks talk, taught skateboarding classes. But then, you know, one ticket to the amusement park gets you all the things. You can you can ride the roller coasters. You can watch kids ride the ride the roller coasters. Take your pick, right? right? So right. then you got to watch part of the go go-ruck games, which was stacked into Saturday night and then Sunday. And then it, it, it led to, it started out more of an invitational style. So there were like 42 and 37 or something competitors, male, female. And then it turned into the top eight bracket. So one versus eight, two versus seven, three versus six, four versus five, single elimination. And that was strength and conditioning kind of challenges. So a little bit of obstacle course, a little bit of strength stuff, and you got to ruck on your back. And we whittled it down to the, to the finals. And then the final competition was grappling. And it was simple. It's like, hey, here's the ring um get them to submit or push them out. And and so GoRuts never done this before. This hasn't been done like this as the final decision of something. It it has been in some other some other competitions of course. But th- like how do we honor our roots? Like we were tested in that, right? Wow. I mean at some point exercising has to have like there there are evolutionary reasons why exercising is important and, and it makes you harder to kill. Right. It, it makes you a better hunter. All right. those kinds of things. So you know, what does that look like? That's something that we were tested in because obviously we were trained enough to go to war. And this isn't just about that. It's about the mindset of defending yourself or it's about the mindset of, you know, yes, this is a competition. Yes, you will put your hands on the other competitor. This is what it looks like. And there's a there's a judge in this. There was no kicking or punching. That wasn't this. It's, it's grappling. And so it, it turned out great. A lot of high, high energy. Hunter McIntyre won on the, the male side. Katie Knight won on the female side and it was it was an enormously awesome moment the whole well, the whole games was just great
0: was was hunter dominant?
1: Hunter was pretty dominant, yes,
0: because he had just come off of setting that high rocks world record, which was c- crazy
1: yeah I mean, look there there could have <laughs> been the luck of the draw. There were a couple competitors that likely would have beat him in grappling, but grappling was the final two. you know he came up like the 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 guy that he grappled against was a Cross country runner by trade, you know, and we ran a 90 minute, 12 miler with a with a 45 pound rock. I've never heard of that. That's insane, right? <laughs> that is insane. But but Hunter, you know, Hunter is, has that background as well. And you know, I a part of me, I, I social media will warp things for uh-huh. all of us, and I think it's really important to remember that. And he's got kind of a persona Hunter does online, and I was like, I'm probably not going to like this guy, and. He showed up, and I just—that uh, dude's awesome. He was just great. Like, I, I mean, he was DMing me stuff on on Instagram, like, "What kind of shoes do I need to bring?" And I'm like, "Dude, hey, check it out." Like, there is there is deliberate mystique to to this whole thing. Like, I'm not going to tell you what shoes you're gonna you're gonna wear. Be ready for anything. And after we kind of settled that, um, it, like, I met him in, in. The dude just the dude just works and he works really hard and obviously he's trained to uh, an enormous level and it was great to watch him do it. And he, you know, at the end he said, he's going to come back next year and defend his title. And that's, that's great. Cause you know, there's people kind of know what it is now. So, they know, they kind of got to train and grappling's on the table. It's not something, we're not the grappling company, we're the rucking company, but grappling's on the table. If we're trained in, in this form in special forces, other than sort of tactics and, you know, tactics and, and some other stuff like that like we're not doing that here um it's it's fair game
0: um he he's an open dude I, I hate to keep um going back to um how cool jimmy is but one night jimmy and i was fucking late and jimmy and i were in dc and we'd been working all day and we wanted to go to a bar and the only bar that was open was a gay bar and we went in there and chilled and it, it was like fucking nothing we were great we were, dupont we,
1: circle or u street great I, nah, great parts of town
0: I, I, it, it wasn't oh or maybe no maybe it wasn't dc maybe it was Seattle. I think it was Seattle. I apologize. Yeah. But anyway, it, it wasn't even a second thought to us. Like we don't give a fuck. Yeah. Like, and, and hunters like that too. There is a freedom. Um, he, these are men who are sure of themselves in all situations. And there's a freedom around them. Like anything kind of goes. You can talk about anything. You can explore any idea with them. They're just, yeah, Hunter's an amazing, amazing, uh, he, he's, a free, he's, a, free, he's a, a free man. I really enjoy Ooh. him. You I also really have to, when,
1: when you have that mindset, you have the freedom to not waste your time judging other people or mm. trying to tell them how to be happy.
0: Right. And, and that's, right.
1: That's, that's an enormously liberating way to live your life. And you know, uh, that's, it's great. I, 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 I respond. Those are my kind of people.
0: Yes. Um, when you, when you, uh, there's this idea that you presented about being um. Afraid, but wanting to do something. And um, in regards to 9 11, can you explain to me that fear? Like, is it just like, hey, I, I don't know if I should be joining the military and getting a gun? And, and, but, but there's another part where you say that you had also resigned to being killed when you went overseas, that you had accepted that.
1: Well, that was the evolution. You know, I mean, there, there was not an acceptance that that was a, a real possibility. Even though you you mentally there is it's a difference between assuming something or reading in a book and living it, right? I mean, it's a completely different type of thing, and and I think a lot of us are a lot of us are crippled by by the wrong things. It, it's normal. It's human. Fear is a big one, right? You know, and, and it, it's a lot of stuff stems from that. Like, what are we so afraid of? You know. Like, how, how do we, rites of passage have been burned down. Go find a rites of passage. It's very counterculture right now. You, you're going to fail. Michael Easter talks about misogies, right? Mm-hmm. Find mm-hmm. something, make it hard, don't die. Mm-hmm. 50% chance of failure. And, you know, I mean, this was something that I, I believe that deep down in America excels at this, but deep down, every person on planet earth wants to be tested. We have it inside of our DNA. We want to know what we're made of it's just so easy not to do that now. And so w- at a time when, you know, the, our, our country was so charged about war and it turned into the Iraq war and not just nine 11 and all the politics got involved, but then at a human level, you know, watch the news hour or whatever. And at the end, they just show the faces of the, the soldier, sailors, airmen, and Marine that, that died that week. It's very sobering to watch that and still to say, well, this is a, I don't know my country, nothing. I mean, this is worth fighting for. And, and, and with that, there, there are costs and that might be me, right? And so eventually I just, it got to the point where, you know, I'd applied other places. I'd applied all the alphabet soup agencies, the CIA, the FBI, all, all those three letter type places. And I just, I knew I needed to join the military. It's just where I was. I was 22, man, you know, 22, no attachments, no dependents, no, no nothing, Right like it it wasn't like i was 35 and i have a family and you know i i'm going to what like it, it wasn't that i had no real excuses and i knew that i would regret it for the for the rest of my life if i if i didn't sign up that was my path though man like it's it is a product of how i was how i was raised my reaction to the thing other people poured their hearts into into other things after 9/11 like great find your path sometimes it's it's an external thing and we saw a lot of that with covid too right like, I don't want to do this anymore because I've realized that I'm going to die and my time here is is finite. And I realized that, too. But the big thing that I learned to trust was myself in this process because the regret inside of me was mounting. And what really happened was I read. Um, so Iraq confused a lot of things because I wanted to go to Afghanistan because that's where bin Laden was. You know, right. And, and, and,
0: and Yep. And I heard you say that just for the people listening that, that, and, and I've heard a bunch of men say this, you, that was the, you saw it on TV and you're like, okay, I want to jump on the team that goes and finds this guy and puts yeah. an end to him. Yep.
1: Amen. Yeah. yeah. And, and so revenge was my motivation, plain and simple. That, that was the catalyst. And, and so what happened though, was eventually I got so much, I, I knew that the regret kind of matured. And you start, or, or sorry, the, the revenge sort of matured. And it's like, oh, do I really need to do this look, Iraq? I don't know. Is this worth fighting? And like, you, you can come up with a million different excuses for anything that you want to do. Oh, I shouldn't start this thing because, you know, I've got a presentation tomorrow. What, whatever, whatever stuff. These are voices that we all hear. And it just, I just knew. I looked myself in the mirror and I said, I will regret this for the rest of my life if I don't sign up. And And so I did enlisted with a college degree and, you know, made it through special forces training and and all that stuff. Um, But what happened was revenge was not the enduring part of this. It was this kind of love of of camaraderie and service and serving, having a mission and purpose with with other people. And yeah, I mean, I had the the flag on my shoulder and, you know, I, I wave it proudly. I wave it proudly today as well, but I didn't really fight for the flag at some point. You know, it is, it is as you hear, it's about the person to your left and the person to your right. And that lesson is worth reminding because I, I believe that that's true for every single person. You, you, it's about the person to your left and the person to your right. And you can have all these ideals and all of this stuff, but like you love your family. You love your kids. You love your, your parents. You love the, the people that are good to you in your life. You love your network of friends. Take your pick. Everybody's a little different, but it's those people that are worth, like, that are worth fighting for. However, however, whatever your path is, that's, that's freedom. Go fight that fight, your path. You've got to find it. And if you get, you you see something, you're inspired by something and you start to say, man, I'm going to regret not doing it. Go do the thing, go ask Mm. the girl out, Mm. go, you know, go do the damn thing. And, and I just, I was really surprised at how much it unlocked the answers for me to walk that path that I needed to walk at that time. And the answers were not what I, what I was expecting. Like, you know, I got a little bit of, I got a little bit of war on, that's fine, right? But it was really about, it changed my heart, mm-hmm. this idea of, of service and community. And so all these things that we do at, at and through GoRock are in some way because of my time in, in Special Forces, but it's really because of the way that Special Forces changed my heart and the people that were responsible for that, who I owe everything to, people, the... The, the guys I served with and, and the way that they taught me about what matters in life. And I, I got hear UFC fighters say that yeah.
0: too, by the way, I hear UFC fighters say, I said, why do you do it? And I was 19 years old and I was terrified of fighting. And I knew I had to, I had to face that fear before I was too old. This isn't the window small. I hear a lot of them say that.
1: Look, isn't that great though? Walk your path. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but it's and- fear that, but it's their fear that, that draws them to it. It's not yeah, that they they think they're the toughest. Well, they think they're tough. They do think they're tough, but they're scared to death to get in the ring and fight. And so they just start they they point it over there. A public speaking was like that for me as a kid. I mean, it still is. Like I t- say that all the time. The podcast. It's 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 always scary. It's always scary when the fucking we're live. Oh shit. <laughs> well,
1: if it's not, then you are doing something wrong. And I am mean, scared of right. heights, I'm scared yeah. to death. Like you have to jump out of planes <clears throat> to, to join where I wanted to go, but yeah. you have to do it. And so. You know, you just kind of follow the guy in front of you. It's going to be okay. Right? You you learn how to, con- like, confidence is earned.
0: Just put the mask on. Follow the you guy in front of you. It. It's going to be okay. This,
1: this is This is the difference between, you know, buying a rucksack and using the rucksack to go to where we started this out with. Like, sure, buy the thing, but do the thing. That's where you get the confidence. That's where you become more active. That's where... You start to be around more active people. That's where you find your tribe. It's where you find your community. And when you start being active, guess what active people want to do? They want to be more active. So then you're doing more other stuff. And all of a sudden you look around and you're like, these are the best years of my life. And I'm with these great people and we're doing this great stuff. And it's a really fulfilling feeling. And I just think that we need more of that.
0: I can't imagine buying like if I bought a fishing pole I would fish the I would fish the ocean fucking dry. Like if I buy a pair of, like I bought a pair of running shoes that were like I, um, I don't know. I remember I ne- never gone jogging before and 10 years ago I bought a pair of jogging shoes and I ran 3 miles every single day until I until I didn't until the shoes were dead. <laughs> I can't imagine spending $300 on a fucking ruck bag and I would be like I'm going to fucking out ruck the bag. I'm going to fucking kill this fucking bag. That's the whole point of getting something like this. In my opinion, it's the motivation. There you go.
1: Yeah, you just want it to sustain. And yeah. and that's the, you, you want kind of habits and all these things to, to form that are good and right. positive. And what I believe though, is the world doesn't need another training plan. Frankly, the world, you need a friend. Need some accountability from a buddy.
0: Need someone like a guy like Dick Butter. You need a guy like Dick Butter to rough. Uh, there you go. You. Yeah. Who's roughing
1: today? Going to do a 5K on the trails at lunch. Amen. Go join yeah. Dick Butter.
0: Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yo, Dick, you just had the CEO of Go rock <laughs> call you out. You're fucking, that's, you can just kill yourself now. You've lived the dream. No,
1: it's great. Go, yeah, go do it, man. It's awesome. Go do the thing. Go do it.
0: Um, you you wrote you wrote a book, and um, every guest I have on, I read their book, and I didn't realize you had a book until uh, yesterday. So this is a first that, but I'm going to read your book, and then I'm going to ask you to come back on. Can you can you um um why did how not to start a backpack company by so, Jason McCarthy? Why did you write this book? So this
1: was as much internally focused as anything. Like we, it didn't really promote it. We we haven't. I mean. It's like so look. Here's the problem. I bought the audio
0: that, version yesterday by the way at Apple.
1: Here's the here's the problem is that as you scale, you know, all of a sudden everybody that's on a new team thinks that that was just built off of magic. And everybody's out there claiming that their life is so easy and look at how slick and polished everything is. And that was not my journey at all. It was it was messy and raw and hard and difficult and it was like a, a knife fight. Uh, every day waking up to a knife fight to get through my, my transition out of the military, to get through starting a business. I had no idea how to do it. I don't, I don't know anything about business. Right. I mean, I didn't go to school for it. I didn't work in it and I I'm getting out of the army and my life's kind of collapsing a little bit. And, and it's like, you know, follow the energy and believe in the people and walked in the path and try to give more than I got. And it's kind of like, You know, I just wanted that to stay so that as new people would come in to Go rock or to wherever, like really internally focused. It's it's look, this was not like the beer fridge was not always stocked. You know, there wasn't always this kind of unlimited fun budget or whatever the case may be, right? (laughs) We didn't be a half-eaten
0: piece of cheese and a bag of salami in there. (laughs)
1: Yeah, man. I mean, you know, I'd invite people over, beg them to come over. I'd buy, you know put DiGiorno's frozen pizza in the, in the oven and buy them beer. And I'd get these business school students to work on GORUCK for hours and hours at a time. And it, like, there was just a lot of hustle. And so in the early stages, I got everything wrong. I had to keep pivoting. You know, we started two and a half years of manufacturing to learn how to get a rucksack. that's really expensive because we cut no corners and built it in the States and it's really expensive. And then nobody wanted to buy it because we had a marketing problem. So like, what do you do? Like, well, we had a, you know, I go back to what I did know, which was not Facebook ads and, and Google search engine optimization. I knew how to like train others and I knew how to kind of whoop it on, right? And and so started an event called the GoRuck Challenge. And you know, it's kind of started this community journey, which is really the only reason why I'm still at GoRuck. I'm not really in the business of selling backpacks. It interests me zero. Right. Like if you see an ad for GoRuck somewhere on our anywhere, like that ain't me, babe. Right. That's not <laughs> my that's not my game. I, I want to bring people together and like, encourage each other to to be better people. Not just me sitting in somewhere ever. Right now I'm in the you know the kitchen in my <laughs> in our our scars repair center. Right, but like not just me sitting wherever I am saying oh go do the thing. It's like you need to go sync up with the, the other people. Go do the thing together. Whatever that thing is. Maybe you start out rocking. Maybe that turns you on to yoga or it turns you on to mountain biking or it turns you on to you know whatever go do the things with active people and so it's kind of just look it was the middle of the of the pandemic and i had this old journal that i kept when i drove around to 48 states with my dog in 2010 and it was miserable like it was a total and colossal failure and the journal lives forever like it's 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 in there as as it was written and i bookended that journal with you know some some commentary to sort of set it up and then it kind of close it out and, and that's the that's the book
0: and, and it's got five star at uh at apple where I, when i downloaded it oh sweet it, it's pretty it's it's I'm, I'm i'm excited i'm excited to check it out it's um you're um when i hear you talk i hear this like journey of a of a healthy um i was gonna say man but a, a healthy human uh, I I had Joe Salatin on. Do you, are you familiar with him? He's the sort of the the godfather of homesteading. He's like the guru of homesteading. I don't know Joe, sorry. Um and uh he was talking about what he'd like to see from millennials and I was kind of like fuck millennials like like, like I, I don't like let millennials go smoke weed and chase pussy. Like I'm like I'm like or or, or whatever young men do if they still do what I did. But what I I want to see like more I want to see like I want to see Bill Gates ruck. I want to see Donald Trump rock. I want to see Joe Biden. Rock. I want to see like, like, and I want them to do what you say. I want them. I want my leader to sound like you. I want – you. it's so motivational what you're saying. Like you you have this story about how it's just all about you, and it's kind of like I I don't care if my family um, is concerned about me dying. I'm going to go on this mission at 20 years old, and I'm going to fight this war, and thank God you didn't die. And you came back, and you brought back the lessons that you learned that actually have nothing to do with war, and now as a mature man, you're going to impart them on the world. Hey, it's time to better yourself. It's just – it's so awesome to hear it. I I would hear that, you know, Greg Glassman sounded like that too. Like there became a point, like he didn't give a fuck about CrossFit. He wanted the planet to be better. He wanted people to be better. He didn't give a fuck about the CrossFit Games. He wanted people to be better.
1: Like, look, the thing is, is we need more mentors and we need more rites of passage. Yeah. And, you know, I kind of got both in one package. And frankly, look, man, I got this.
0: Do you think that, do you think that if you don't, if you're, do you think that if you don't put your life at risk, it's not a real rite of passage? I know a lot of people will say, "No, no, you could. I, but I, I, I put, I, I was homeless, and that was my rite of passage. I don't and think so, it's binary.
1: I don't. I don't? You I don't think okay. I well, think I, there, think I think that we're. I think
0: when you the scarier you make your rite of passage, the better you turn out. How's that? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go on say It could say be, that.
1: but there's there's cost to that as well.
0: For, for sure. Um, so, <laughs> for you sure.
1: Know, I mean, the, the thing the thing for me is is that you know I mean I served with a lot of great people, and they're not all here anymore. Right. And I've, I've, i served with people who have taken their own lives later right. on in life. And, right. you know, deep down inside of myself, I just feel like I owe those, those to whom much is given much is expected. And what am I going to do? Like, I I need a mission and purpose as well. Like, what am, what am I supposed to do? Like sit at home and, and run better ads on backpacks. That's just, that ain't me, babe, you know? And, and so it's like the best thing that we can do is to pay that forward, to give back and that's that's a, a worthy mission and a worthy purpose. And that's the one I, I want to keep fighting until uh, till I die with my boots on moving forward.
0: <laughs> why, why did you how long were you in the military?
1: Five years, 2003 it, to 2008.
0: And and do you remember why you got out?
1: Well, that's a that's a long story. Um, I'll give you the condensed version. So my wife was a case officer for the CIA. She was posted in West Africa. So she was posted in um Ivory Coast, like the economic capital, Abidjan, doesn't matter, what West Africa. And, you know, we were married that whole time and never lived together. So I was in Iraq when she was there. She was in, you know, Darfur doing that stuff. And I was in Colorado and I was training all over the place. We'd never lived together. And you can't really be in two different organizations and make anything work. We'd known each other forever. So there was kind of a well to go to there. As, as friends and, and all of that, but we just had to, we had to be together and in the real world. So I left the army and then um, moved to, to West Africa.
0: No shit. And did you get, did you end up, what did you do for work there?
1: Well, that's kind of what the inspiration for GORUCK was is that early on she said, oh, you, when you come here, cause I was a dependent there, which was not something that I don't like the word even right it's right it's it's, like hard hard to go from green beret to dependent and right and and like she i i am for hugely strong empowered women we need more of those too right of course of course you were
0: raised you were raised by your mom like me like we know we know no other kind of woman it's i almost feel bad for women when they're like women need to be strong and empowered i'm like what the fuck do you mean they need to be they fucking are
1: yeah we need more of them though and we need more role models like emily and my mom in order to be out there but so M was like, "Oh, you should do the go-ruck thing." And so I had made her this go bag or this go ruck with supplies, and said, "Hey, put it in your car, put it in, leave one at the house in case you know she goes sideways down there." Which they love a good coup in Africa, so that's that's a thing, you know. And so she did that. It's like, well, why don't you do the go-ruck thing while you're down here? And what that meant was go around to the the people that would would be in need of security consulting services and help make them more prepared. Special forces way of life mindset kind of stuff but you know it it kind of just didn't it just didn't work out for lots of lots of different reasons not the least of which was that our our marriage relationship kind of came crashing down and i moved back and she stayed there and then we got divorced and then we separated and then we got remarried some years later and now we have kids running around and it's it's kind of a, a a messy long story that's that's kind of a metaphor for a lot of our lives i i believe and it's we're we're happy and
0: it's great. Um, can you tell me, um, when you, the very first time you met your wife?
1: Yeah, I was, it was the summer before sophomore year in high school. Oh, we were, shit. She showed, she showed up at a tennis camp, the ATP headquarters actually in Florida. And it was like a week before it started. And I was like, who is this girl? And I went and talked to her and she's like, Oh, I'm going to bowls. And I'm like, what i'm at bowls what grade are you it's like i'm going into 10th grade i'm in 10th grade right and i I just loved her from the first time i saw her she's just a bundle of energy and joy and and just kind of electric and so talk about fear and cowardice it took me you know about a decade to finally ask her out but i I eventually got there it's great good for me right
0: so so you saw this girl at a tennis camp at 16 years old 15 15 but you didn't um But you didn't have sex with her until 10 years later. <laughs> That's right. Wow. I, for me, it was five years. My my fucking wife. I courted her for five fucking years. It was crazy. And, and, and same similarities. We didn't get married, but we had all. But this is going back 20, 20 some odd years, right? I, I met her. I was I'm 50 now. I met her probably when I was, let's say, 23. But man, yeah. it was like. It was five-year courtship, then I dated her, then we broke up, then we dated, then we broke up, and then five, it was like, holy shit. It, it, but but I'm telling you, it's like – it is um, – It outside of anything to do with my kids, my relationship with my wife is my crowning achievement in life.
1: And you wouldn't have the relationship without the kids without your wife, so – Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true.
0: That's true. But even if I didn't have kids, I would see it that way. Like I, I just, it's, it's, um, uh, a long relationship with one, um, partner. Uh, I don't know if that one's for everyone. I think a lot of the other things you've talked about is for, is for everyone, but I, I can't believe the rewards it has at 50 now to have had someone in my life that whole time
1: to get kind of sappy of sorts. Right. It's like, you know, I, I get a lot of, You know, we all have self-doubts, whatever it is, they manifest differently, but we we all have them because we all play the compare game and we all play the, you know, oh, I I don't have this and I don't have that, right? It's just, it's natural human nature. You got to kind of recenter yourself and say, this is what I do have. And I can't tell you the number of times that I've sort of said, you know, Emily loves me. And that's like enormously grounding. For me to go off and do these other crazy stuff. Like, you get, I get an enormous amount of confidence from that in a way that, you know, is kind of irreplaceable. It's irreplaceable in in my life. And so I, I agree with you. I think it doesn't mean that any of this is easy. Doesn't mean even though we've known each other since we were fifteen, it's not like oh, this is just so easy for you guys. Then, like much the opposite. <laughs> it's, it's, it can be almost confusing yeah, yeah, yeah. Because because you go back so far, you get complacent because you know, you know this is how it's supposed to be because it's always been like this. Or you know, th- it's just you have to kind of keep reinventing yourself and in doing that you have to kind of keep circling back to to those that you love the most and that you cherish the most and and that for me is her
0: um so she, she um when, when you th- that 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 um mantra you have of uh emily loves me um so she believes in you and you feel that yeah yeah did, did your did your mom believe in you
1: yeah i mean my mom was the that my mom will, will tell you she had no idea what she was doing. I mean, remember, she she brought me to college, right? I mean, she was 17 or 18 when she had me. And what she, she brought always, you to
0: college, the other kids are bringing backpacks and pencils and yeah. she's got a kid. I,
1: I was the Crazy. unofficial, official mascot for the University of Florida women's tennis team for three years. Not many kids can say
0: that. Right. right? That's awesome. And
1: my, my mom just. And she, you're not even I,
0: joking. You were.
1: No, I was. I would hang yeah. out underneath the bleachers yeah. you know the 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 players would take me to a place called Wilbert's to go get snacks was, was
0: she stuff. embarrassed? Was she embarrassed? Was she ever like oh f-, or or I mean imagine the confidence you have to have you're around 18 year old girls you're in college and you got knocked up and the dad's not around and you're fucking bringing your kid to ten. i mean that that's that's hardcore it's hardcore fucking yeah. hardcore. She could easily have been like just given up I, this is embarrassing.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it took her a, a minute, right? Yeah, it's okay. Things take a minute sometimes. Yeah, Things take a couple deep breaths.
0: And the truth is, is no one gave a shit. Ninety nine percent of people didn't give a shit, but 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 we think they do.
1: Well, it goes back to those people that are right around you. Those are the right. ones that that do care. Like all the all the haters on all the feeds and all this stuff. It's like you know, like it affects me from time to time as well. But. It's so easy to be a critic now.
0: It's what do you so mean? What easy. do you mean it affects you? What, what affects you?
1: Well, oh, you, so we come out with something, we try to do it and just, you know, it just gets,
0: Oh, okay, like, okay. Why
1: do you do this? Why does this cost that? Why did you cancel this? You know, you suck all these right. things, whatever. Right, man, right? right. Right. And you've always got to kind of consider the source. And, you know, when you go back to the people, Sometimes it's a problem of communication. I didn't communicate this well enough or whatever, but it's really the people around you that you need to value and listen to them and and to their opinions the most. And they're the ones that will love you unconditionally or almost unconditionally. And, you know, like take, take greater value out of that. Then you get sucked dry from all the negativity that's out in the world. So we all got to kind of recharge our batteries. And I I think it starts, starts very close to home and heart.
0: Um, Is she like your mom? Um, Emily, Miss Emily
1: in some ways, yes, but in some ways, no. I mean, they're, in some, I mean, they're both empowered women, right? I mean, they're, so I, I don't know, like it's just kind of, yes, kind of no, I, I, I don't describe them as, as the same person by any stretch, but you know, the, the odd part is, is that Emily worked for my mom for years as well at the, at a different tennis camp, you know, in, in Florida and, you know, Crazy. when I was gone, cause I was up visiting my dad in, in Ohio in the summers and Emily would come over and watch my half sister and half brother. So my siblings, I mean, she was like the babysitter too. Right. So this, this cowardice and this fear of, of asking the girl out, like it, it was, it was real fear and real cowardice <laughs> all wrapped in yeah. one for a decade.
0: Can you, do you guys play tennis still you and Emily?
1: We don't really play much tennis. So my senior year of college, I tore my rotator cuff pretty bad. And I just played through it because I wanted to finish and, and stuff like that. So it, it kind of hurts to, to serve. Um, we've played a couple times, but we don't, we don't get after it all that much. My kids want to learn now. So Em's like, Hey, we got to get the kids out. I'm like, all right, maybe how about we sign them up for grappling first? So we did that.
0: <laughs> um i absolutely did you tear your rotator cuff of playing tennis did you yes. sustain that injury okay interesting and what did you sustain it serving yes oh man okay uh so um d- during d- d- during the so-called uh pandemic one of the only place sports i could find um uh that they didn't require my kid to wear a mask or, or, or any activity was tennis. And I'm not a yeah. sports guy at all. So I have zero in, really interest in sports. And, but I took him there and he's been playing tennis for three years. And my other boys been playing tennis for two years or something like that. And, and I had no interest in tennis. Like there's some sports that I truly think are just absolutely stupid uh, golf, tennis, baseball. And since my son's been doing tennis, I've just been fascinated by it. You know, of course, like I think it's stupid because I have no idea what it is. Right. So now I'm close to it and I'm fascinated by tennis and i'm um, i heard you talking about this on on one of the podcasts you did also it is a and i i have no i have no experience of this myself none but the the tennis coach is brilliant with my son i mean he is so good he's so stern it's it's unbelievable and uh i've heard him tell my son um who's like probably six at the time this is a lonely sport You're out there by yourself. Like he talks into him about the mental game. And one time he said to him, and I heard you sort of touch on this too. If you're on the court, you can still win. It doesn't matter how many fucking points you're down. It's not like basketball where there's a timer. If you're on the court, you can win. And that's why it's a mental game. And then another thing I heard him say is the greatest tennis players in the world only win. uh, Like the four greatest tennis players who've ever lived have only won 55% of their points. And it's like, holy shit, that game is gnarly, right? It's it's for mental giants, right?
1: I mean, it certainly requires
0: a certain... You're not buying attitude. it. You're like, fuck that. I played it. It's for pussies. So,
1: look, I did, I, did, <laughs> so I, I did learn a lot. I, I
0: threw you an alley-oop. A I thought you were going to dunk it. You're like, nah, nah, I, boy, uh, sit down. <laughs> I,
1: yeah. Look, I, I learned a lot. The, the, only, the only thing I'll caution against tennis is that because it's an individual sport at a very yeah. young age. Mm. You've got kids that are creating tennis parents and the tennis parents are just like swarming yes. on top of Yes, them. And it's so much pressure. So <clears throat> like, I think that's good, right? I can't, I I'm for rights of passage. I'm for the right kind of pressure. you got to expose your, your kids to some stuff. I mean, it yeah. is, it is a, it's like mental warfare going into like, you're at a tennis tournament and there's yeah, he hates kids around and there's seeds and there's all yes. this stuff and all the doubt starts to creep in and you get out there and, you know, people start cheating. You got to go get line judges. Yeah, the, the line cheating judge is over crazy. They stop, they stop cheating and then the line judge goes away and then they start cheating again. And, you know, and it, it's like, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot of that kind of, of pressure on a kid. And so it, it's certainly helped me develop this kind of, hey, I can come back from anything. hey, this is this is possible. Just stay in the fight, keep fighting because it can it can literally change like that, right? yeah, and that's that's true of like that that's where hope comes from, right? right? When all the chips are like and they're all down, right? It's like, do you still have hope? Will you still fight with a heart full of hope? And like we need that. We need yeah. to believe in ourselves and we need to believe that we can come back from anything. We just got to have a plan to do it and like continue your journey, have faith in your cause. If you're, if you're doing it right, just keep doing it, keep doing it better.
0: The cheating is crazy. Not, not, not because in tennis, not because, um, cheating is crazy, but everyone can see. So there's like 50 of us there and there's a kid cheating and we're all just watching him cheat, but you're not allowed to say anything. It's, it, 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 it. I told my kid, I said, Hey man, there's a lot of reasons you shouldn't cheat, but you should never cheat a fucking whole crowd of people's watching you. Everyone thinks you're an asshole. I mean, it's horrible. Everyone's like thinking like this 10 year old kid who's cheating is an asshole. There shouldn't be a group of people ever thinking a 10 year old kid's an asshole, right? He's just a 10 year old kid.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe he is. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I mean, but it's like, you know, dogs become like their, their owners and tennis kids are kind of like mirrors of their parents. A lot of times I've, I've seen that. And, You know, look, too often people, they they sort of say, man, my kid's going to be so awesome and is going to get, you know, it's going to be a professional and is going to do all these things like, like, uh, that's great. Maybe that happens. It probably doesn't, but there's a lot of life lessons that you're going to get out of competition and team sports and individual sports and rites of passage, which I keep bringing up and all those things when you are forced and have the opportunity to apply your practice and your training and your dedication and your commitment, and then you compete competition breeds excellence. Yep. And so the life lessons will endure though, you know, and the life lessons are like, is that okay? Do you feel good about that? Uh, I was, a, you know, if someone has to say, man, I, I cheated my whole youth to become this, whatever. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think that's that great. You sort of learn how, that that's okay. It becomes a life pattern. And, and so we need more people to kind of say, Hey, that's, that's actually not okay. <laughs> you know? Right. And parents are parents are there, so you got to kind of. I mean, kids are independent, but if 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 your kid is a rampant cheater in tennis, and you don't say anything, and you know it, I mean, come on.
0: Right. Well, at the tournaments, you're not supposed to. You're you're not you're. It, it, well, uh, I think I think specifically, it's called league play. What my son does, he's only seven. It's not. It's not actually a tournament. It's league play. But you're not supposed to. No one's allowed to say anything. It's it's, yeah, it's whatever.
1: Yeah, it's, it's. I mean, it's but tell your kid when you get home.
0: Right? Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, for is, sure, for sure. Right? I mean, this isn't yes. just
1: every day is yes. its own day. It's like you're seeing the habits and the patterns, and you know.
0: It's interesting to me that you don't play anymore. It, um, I always think of like tennis as a lifelong skill. I'm giving my kid like something that they'll do their whole life.
1: I, I mean, I certainly can play. <clears throat> I've, I've played a few times. It, it's it's still there. Not, yeah, and not maybe you will once your level, kids start
0: playing. Maybe when your kids start playing.
1: Maybe I think it is. I think it's a good life skill. I think, but look, you look at our kids. I mean, I think you can learn a lot of great life lessons in on the mat with jujitsu as well. I got a little bit of exposure to that in in um, in the army with combatives and stuff like that. But that was my only exposure to it. And you know, I just think there's something. What do? What are the habits and the way of life that we want our kids to have? I want our kids to find their path. I want to. I want to make things. That they will respond to that are hard that give them the opportunity to learn who they are and the kind of stuff that that they like my youngest kid that kid needs to get his ass beat every once in a while right because he's a super dominant little like just kid full of chaos and wants to climb all the trees to the highest and do whatever those are the kids that are prone to becoming bullies right yeah when when you're you're able to just kind of do this and he's he's obtuse to everything like he needs to be on the mat and get humbled, and he's doing that, and it's really good for him. He respects How the old process. He? Five.
0: Yeah. My, and, that's and, my kids do that too. Uh it's, it's four to seven days a week. They go to jujitsu.
1: Yeah, it's I see your kids it's great. skateboarding as well. Yeah. My kids skateboard around town. Yeah. They ride bikes all over the place and, and stuff. And and it just look exposure. I don't I don't right. wanna over like I don't wanna over schedule the kids to where all em and i are doing is carting them around and then you got to get help to cart your kids around all the all the things like how do we let them also exercise some freedom like use their imagination And this is my it's like dad you never let me use my ipad well sometimes they do right but i'm like hey even better i let you use your imagination right (laughs) right and my oldest is kind of starting to get it it's great or my oldest boy
0: we had an iPad, so the kids, were, the kids would do jiu-jitsu, right? And there would be a one-hour class, and then some two kids have to wait, and then there's a one-hour class, and one kid has to wait, right? And we had an iPad, and that, the only time you could use the iPad is, is if your other kid was in a class and you were waiting to go. Mm-hmm. And then my wife dropped the iPad, and it broke. This is like over a year ago. So I went on Amazon, and for 20 bucks I bought a backpack that was full of crayons and paper. It's like just a backpack full of crayons and paper. And that was it. I just brought that, and my kids never asked for the fucking iPad again. That easy, gone, done. Still, they haven't used an iPad since. They're crayon and paper kids. It was crazy. It was, it's, it's I was like, like what the, like the fuck?
1: It's like back in the day when you read a book and you got the free personal pan pizza at Pizza, right? And you show up and they have the coloring, the coloring paper and the, and the thing. Yeah. And like, that was your iPad back then. That's yeah. old school, man. It's awesome.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. Uh, Do you, you have, so, so, what is net? So the backpack company, it, it's rolling, right? Like, yeah. Like, it, it it seems it seems um and uh it seems just like a steady trajectory you've had i mean clearly it's been a hard road to tow um and you stayed with it did you ever try to quit what go Ruck? yeah were you ever like fuck i've done way too much money in this this thing just can't get off the ground i quit.
1: I mean early early on i mean it, it kind of caught fire early on in 2010 after i'd put every dollar into inventory and then go rock challenge started and then i just started running these kind of team building events based on special forces training all over the country. And I was just too busy to having too much fun with real people in the real world to kind of even think about that. It's the, it's the more kind of the business side of it. That's not quite as fun. Imagine that. Yeah. And, but yeah, we've never taken any, we have never taken any outside investors. We're hundred percent independent. Private equity does not own us. They don't make our decisions. They don't tell us, you know, which gear, how to cut corners. They don't, tell us that we should waste, shouldn't waste should focus on people and just focus on digital optimization. Well, we don't have those people doing that. And, you know, we're kind of using it as a way to bring people together and get people outside and active. And hopefully we inspire more people to do that. And that's the, the goal and the mission and the purpose.
0: Is it hard not to sell? Not to sell? Sell. Oh,
1: you mean, what do you mean?
0: Uh, um. The 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 kid who started RX Bar, right? He starts this bar, and he's you know he has Asperger's or whatever he has, and uh, he starts this bar in his parents' basement, and he does CrossFit, and next thing you know, six years later, someone offers him fucking six hundred million dollars for it. I mean, yeah, I- is, is it hard not to? Um, oh, ex- I'm not ex- to sell the company, right?
1: Oh, I see. Um,
0: and then just ride off into the sunset with your kids, and tell yourself you're going to do good right for here. the world with your hundred million dollars.
1: Like, but are you happy?
0: I know, I, I know, I, I, I know, I know.
1: Like, how, how do we well, want to measure these things? Because, Well, you know, it's just we do, about
0: getting security, right? It's just about getting security at some point.
1: Yeah, but the problem is, is is too oftentimes what you do is we've got a, an entire nation that's got more security than ever. Right. And like, is that, what's that correlated with? Like every single measure of human health is worse. Right. Every single one. And everything is even worse than it was two years ago. A- every single one. Obesity, childhood obesity, suicide. Children's suicide, depression, anxiety, loneliness, all of it. It's all worse. We have more money than ever. And and so look, I, 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 again, I'm, this is more complex because, yes, I like to win. Yes, I want to compete, I guess, right? Yes, I believe in the business side of, of Gorok. I believe in capitalism. I think that you money is like oxygen to a company. But I don't want to do that at the expense of what, what gives me fulfillment and mission and purpose out of life. And so right. those are trade-offs in, in a balancing act. And, you know, we're having a great time. I have plenty of security right now. I mean, and not not financially, so to say, but just like we're, we have a great business. We have a great community. We have the ability to kind of um, exert our freedom, like the, the to, to think for ourselves and to act on those thoughts. And that's that's a lot of fun, man a lot yeah
0: where's your headquarters is it in florida we're in
1: jacksonville beach florida
0: and is there is there like an actual building like where is actual building yeah
1: we have our our distro center is is downtown so that's where all our inventory is and then we have kind of a an events slash headquarters space out at the out at the beach and we also have so we we offer a lifetime guarantee on all of our gear that we build and so we have a bunch of sewing machines here that will either repair anything if you Break it or they do customizations and stuff as well. And that's, I, I like to be next to that because it's where the
0: action is. And, and do you, sew? I don't. It, did you ever get into it? I know D- Dave's big into sewing. He's got, he's got a sewing room in his house. Like, yeah, a, a sewing yeah. I, shed. I,
1: I chatted with, I've chatted with Dave about that. I mean, he was doing gear modifications on, on the teams and stuff. Um, you know, I just, I didn't, uh, it was something where that just never really crossed my thing. I mean, riggers learn how to sew. I think they learned in the army or learned in the Navy rather. Right. Um, Right. And like that stuck with him. And, you know, that just was not, I went in straight infantry and stayed in the infantry. So, you know, I was, I was dealing with machine guns, not sewing, sewing machines.
0: Right. (laughs) I was, that's a good, I was dealing with machine guns, not uh, sewing machines.
1: But, but I did get really good at learning how to break stuff, which is a, a really productive thing for any manufacturing company because it's like at some point everything breaks you just got to know how much it can withstand like how anti-fragile is this thing until it's not because every everything's got a breaking point every person's got a breaking point everything's got a breaking point so really examining and questioning how things are going to fail i mean we just had so much gear uh, across the board the best stuff and you see how it performs and why it doesn't and where it's going to break and where it's not and and so, you know, that's kind of the cultural ethos that we have in, internal on the manufacturing side, for sure.
0: I like that. I think about that um, every time, like I open and close a car door. I'm like, it really only has so many opening and closings. Eventually, yeah, this or car doorknobs door... or whatever, right? Right? And right.
1: They can build them better, but they build them. You know, planned obsolescence is a thing, and that's the in theory that's the goal of brands to represent something that's more that will well, if you buy this brand of you know doorknob it's going to last forever whereas if you just buy it off of whatever and it's four bucks you're going to get x number of turns and you're gonna have to replace it and we've become a very disposable place you know just our way of life a little too much for for my liking and so since the beginning it was always you know get something and love it you know like a favorite pair of blue jeans or whatever whatever it might be and when they rip or when something happens like fix it fixing things is a lost art and i think it's better for us to 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 value things of quality and i think it's better for the environment and i think it's better for everything
0: wow yeah um uh zippers i i I, it's funny sometimes I'll, i'll spend more money replacing a zipper on a jacket than the jackets were just because i just love the jacket so much
1: so zippers interestingly those are the the weakest part in anything it's just you can't kind of and they're they're going to be the first to break you can't make them better i mean ykk is is the best zipper company in the world wow. ykk ykk builds the machines to build their own zippers i mean that's that's how into it they are and you know those are the ones and you reverse coil them or do you you know there's all sorts of stuff and we've kind of seen it all in terms of you know how to how to put zippers in the right places and where should they be because if 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 you have a piece of badass american cast iron and you're slamming that down on the ground and there's a zipper between that cast iron and the ground that zipper is going to get crushed you know? right so how do we build training tools that don't do that you know and stuff like that and that's that's actually what we saw we learned so much when dave put us in the first crossfit games because the athletes were done and they just flung the rucks off which is you're absolutely not allowed to do that in the military. You've got to control your equipment and all this stuff. And like, here they are just like doing, and it makes perfect sense, right? right. But they're crushing all these zippers because the, the the iron is just crushing. There's nothing we can do to build better zippers. So we had to kind of reconfigure where the zippers go and where they don't go. And we had to fix a back panel on that to make it so you could- Wow, you that's could really ruck cool. Shirtless. That's fascinating. And, you know, because the first athletes that did it, like Haley, God bless her, i mean she was just bloody at the end of the the ruck run and it was like man we gotta we gotta save the athletes from themselves and i I say that with love and reverence for how hard they train and so we changed the whole back panel and put some different support on it so you can actually ruck with the stuff you know shirtless now which i never got to do in in the army or never had to do i should say and um you know like it's stuff like that where you learn from different that's how knowledge happens right you take different communities you plug them into your existing way of thinking and in, in the end, if you're really critical about it and you really lead an examined life and you examine the outcomes of of what happens, then that's iron sharpens iron, right? And that's go back to that team room vibe. That's something that I'm really comfortable operating and, and thriving in. And so, you know, we we've learned so much inside of of the space with those athletes and it's and it's great.
0: The, those two examples you gave, and, and and maybe I'm I'm wrong, and maybe I'm going to speak in crazy hyperbole here, but those two examples you gave about um, th- two things you learned from the CrossFit Games that if you ruck with your shirt off, that um that the ruck would cause damage to the body and cause you to bleed, and, and you address that, and then the fact that if the ruck is thrown and the plate inside lands on the zipper and bends it, that fucks the zipper up. We got to figure out a way that you can throw the ruck without the weight hitting the zipper. Those are things. And listen carefully, people. I'm saying something crazy here. Uh, if you don't own the company, if someone, if it, no, if someone doesn't own the company, someone, those things I think go unaddressed. There's no one. The most caring, loving, hardest working person who works at fucking Nike doesn't fix that. I, 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 I I'm willing to be bet two inches of my dick on that. Because that, why would they? Why the fuck would they? It's not theirs. do you agree with me, Jason? I mean, you don't have to use the Nike example, but like you're not going to get that. And 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 that's sort of one of the sad things that happened out CrossFit. That there was a um when when Greg owned it, there was someone like who fucking care. And that's the same thing with Dave. They felt like he owned the games. There's people there who like care. Like it's their that's your baby, right?
1: Well, it's it starts as a revolution, it turns into a business, and then it becomes a racket and that's kind of the evolution wow. of too many too many things you know and so <laughs> i can't speak to where people aren't empowered or not are are empowered at, at other big places but i mean i see it whenever we try to work partnerships or whatever you deal with middle management nobody's empowered to do anything so it's just all good ideas go to die and who is actually empowered to do something and i think you do have companies where someone's head of product and they can change things. It's just Nike's lead times are three years or something like that. Crazy. So if you've got the the system in place, you can't change stuff fast, right? Cause you're just, uh, but you're I
0: would just, even like, speculate that no one there even, you can't even care enough. The, I think the only way some, and, and maybe, maybe I shouldn't use Nike's example, any company I shouldn't pick on them, but any company, the only reason why they're going to change their zipper is because they saw Goruck do it where someone gave a fuck. I just yeah, don't think people right. give a fuck. Yeah, I just don't think so, it's just, it's, it's, um, and, and I'm, that's not a dig at people, but if it's not yours, like I, w- I never go out and like fix someone else's windshield because it's not my car, but it's your car. But when it's my car, I give a fuck and I fix the windshield.
1: Well, even more than that for me is uh, I just, what I never ever wanted to be was the special forces guy that started the company that people in special forces like cringe when you hear the word. Like that, the fear of that negative response from the community that I just uh, revere. Yeah, so, and so in order to do that, you have to you have to have a good reputation, and to have a good reputation, you have to continually sharpen iron. Iron sharpens iron. So sometimes you got to be your own harshest critics, and you got to make sure to have other people around that are that are empowered to be critics as well, and, and like all in the name of it's always about solving the problem better, and that's where. That's what the team room does. It's always about the problem at hand, how to get better, faster, stronger, work better together, how to train harder, how to be more anti-fragile, how to be more resilient, how to be more, better, faster together. And, and like take that ethos. And that's a culture that I love being around. It just motivates the hell out of me. And so that's a culture that we, we have and really try to exemplify and, and go ruck across everything that we do, whether it's events or or gear
0: um I, i've had you for an hour and 42 i, I want to ask you a question before i forget um i don't see where i wrote it down here and i hope i can i hope i can um
1: ad-lib it man
0: okay i'll try to ad-lib Get it after it i i know i know it's in here uh, in, uh somewhere mm. It it has to do with being a professional and, and and I want I tie this to the fact that um, uh, the the reason why in the military and special forces you might see um, this type of thing that I claim doesn't exist at Nike but does exist at Goruck where someone cares enough to make these changes you know even if they don't even if they don't affect the sale of the bag he just wants the bag to be better and so even if like like no one else is going to run with their shirt off no one else is going to throw them but he doesn't care he's still going to fix them there's something about that um, that Maybe you can only learn when your life is on the line. And there's this really bizarre thing that people would say over the years about Dave Castro and the way he ran the games, that he wasn't a professional the way he did things. And it was so crazy to me because I was next to him so often. And what I realized is it's not that he's not a professional. It's they've never dealt with a professional. They've never seen a professional. They've never seen someone who cares so fucking much that political correctness is out the door and everything is mission critical. Everything is about accomplishing the fucking goal in the best way fucking possible and at, at, at any cost, basically, right? And because you could tell, um, his it was uh, everything was life or death, and there was a little bit of that that bled over. You know, it took him. It bled over into that, you know, I mean, he was even running the CrossFit games when he was deployed. So, uh, I mean, it was fucking nuts what he would do. And, um, do you, do do, do do you know what I'm talking about, about that? Like, and I, and I heard you talk about it in a podcast about being professional. Do you sometimes think, oh shit, it's the real world doesn't understand what professional is. They think it's putting on a suit and working at Goldman Sachs or fucking, uh, approaching a, a magistrate. It, that, that's, that isn't professional. It's, it's, yeah, fake, I mean, it's fake bullshit. It's posturing. I,
1: I think it's how you carry yourself and what values you want to uphold and, and which ones, you know, h- how you go values. About so yeah. 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 And so, you know I mean? This, like, like the relentless pursuit of excellence really matters to me. I know it matters to Dave too, right? I mean, he's just obsessive over the thing that he's responsible for. That's, yeah, you know, and, and the thing is, is that at least I'll speak for myself that you got to still take inputs in like this right. is the source of knowledge right if if you refuse to listen to i'll give you an example because you brought up my grandparents in politics earlier my grandfather was was a you know he always voted republican but i i remember distinctly he was watching the the democratic national convention and mm-hmm. mike Big, Why are you watching this? And he's like, "Well, I kind of know what what I think and what I believe, but I want to hear what they think and what they believe."
0: Right. Right. And
1: that left a really strong impression on me. And that is how that's where knowledge comes from. Go read a damn book sometime, right? Make it a book about something that's you don't know about or that's you know out in left field, or like, bring that knowledge into your life. And so when you do that, and you're willing to do that, and you live around people that hold you and themselves to a high standard you develop a a value for living that way of life, the relentless pursuit of excellence. And so at times you can get so tunnel vision focused on my way is the only way because you can't do this off of consensus. It's only coming from from you. You you have the vision, you have to execute it, but then you have to branch it out to other people and people are always the hardest and the most rewarding parts of, of life, but you still have to let the inputs in and you have to say, okay, so... I'm being criticized for this. Do I believe that that's valid criticism? Yes or no. And you pass that through that big muscle between your ears. And when you have perspective in life, because you know yourself, you know what right and wrong look like, because you have real experiences. Sometimes you have to say, actually, I'm fucked up and they're right. Right.
0: Right. And you have
1: to adapt your path. And other times you say, nope, Charlie might continue mission. This is the correct path. We're just going to have continue our journey, have faith in our cause. Right. That, that's hard. To, you have to believe in yourself to do that. And Dave clearly believes in himself and his vision for what the CrossFit Games are, were, became, all that all that stuff. And, you know, I, I share that sentiment in terms of the, the direction of the relentless pursuit of excellence in like how to make gear better, how to make the brand better, how to respond, how to get people out there in the universe to respond to, to message better. Like, is it working? It's, it's a really powerful question, right? You have all these meetings about all this stuff. Like, oh, this is good. And this is great. And like, hey, is this working? Like, what's the intent? And is this working? And well, it fails when you do this. Well, can we do it better? What's the toughest way that we can build this? Are we doing that? Is this the right seam? And, you know, I almost use this as a crutch sometimes, but this idea that I don't know how to sew, right? It's actually come in handy a lot because... I'll meet with people that really know how to sew and they're like, well, you can't do it because of this and this. And I'm like, look, man, I don't know how to sew, but I know that this right here needs to be a lot tougher. And what happens is people will come back and they'll, they'll take it. It's like, shit, I got to solve this new problem now. And they'll go back and they'll figure out some new stitch or some old stitch repurposed for this exact thing. And it's like, okay, now it's tougher. Like, okay, great. Load it up. Let's go, let's go do, you know, get 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 the 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 fight club together. let's do five hundred sandbag burpee tosses with with this sandbag let's 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 know how tough it is, right? Not just think, let's know. and it's let's go drop it off the top of the building. let's go do that. see if it yeah still, yeah, you know stuff like that, and you gotta just you gotta you gotta do it and then you gotta prove it over and over and over. and that's kind of the the other part of the culture is nobody really cares what you did back then. Mm. It's like, are you like, because sometimes people get complacent sometimes when you're not scared to jump out of the plane you're actually a huge danger you have to have that that small dose of fear or or fear and you have to learn how to control it you have to be motivated by something other than i'm great i'm doing this perfect and i'm just going to keep doing it because i'm like that doesn't work you you actually lose the edge that brought you to the point where you were able to serve like that and it's it's a risk to others so you have to stay humble but you have to believe in your your mission and those are like I'm not perfect. I don't know any anybody that is. It's it's a constant kind of probing. But you have to be willing to sort of say you're wrong, and you have to be willing to trust your gut. Both.
0: Yeah, uh, you you don't want to be so confident. You you that you don't triple check your uh, parachute, right? Amen. You, you, it's it's good to be f- afraid that your parachute is not going to work. Lever- leverage yeah. that fear. Leverage that ego.
1: Or you know, you you have you functions checked your rifle. Have you cleaned your rifle? Have you you know, do, have you replaced all the batteries in your everything? Like is, you know, your, 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 your night vision, your, your whatever, whatever it might be. Like, are you ready in every single, you do that before every mission? Like, Oh, I didn't even turn it on. Doesn't matter. Like it gets drained. You're going to put fresh batteries in everything before everything, you know?
0: God, I and, love that. And, that, God, I and love that's, that.
1: that's just part of the deal. <laughs> God, I love that.
0: Uh, Mr. Uh, Jason McCarthy, thank you. Um, I, I I wanted to um, get feel like this podcast started getting shot out of a cannon, and 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 I feel like it did, and I feel like we kept the energy up the whole time. I'm so pumped to have you on. Thank you. Uh, you're a cool dude. You're Thanks, man. I really cool appreciate it. it was a yeah.
1: fun chat. I like the I like the shotgun approach, man. Like, okay, good. Know, keep, keep it high octane, right?
0: Like, yes, yes.
1: Brought us some new stuff. Some, it's great, man. I really. Okay. Keep, keep, keep fighting the good fight. Love seeing your your crazy ass boys out doing crazy ass boy stuff. Like people need to, people need to follow that lead. You know, it's okay. Let your kids go do do all the stuff. Yeah, this is what this yes. is healthy. Go go live this life. It's fun too. This is a lot of fun to do it like this. Go outside, do the things, be active. Encourage others to do it. Invite other people to come do it with you. That, and great, lots man. of
0: please and thank yous.
1: If you yeah, don't say please sorry. or thank you. It's, it's, Yes. Say Lots sorry of sorries.
0: To- yes. If you can't say, please, thank you. Make eye contact. Say sorry. You can't let uh, someone walk through the door before you. Then you might as well just do 10 burpees. That's that's the rule around here. I probably should do 10 burpees. They're so good at it, too. The guy probably should do 10 burpees for that. I'm like, yeah, probably. The, you don't push your brother in the back.
1: Have you have you done um, sandbag burpees? They're, they're great.
0: I saw. Well, so I'll tell you this. I saw you doing. Is that the one where you throw it over your head? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over and you did head 14 head in, in a minute. minute. So I don't own a sandbag, but I actually saw that last night. And I was going to um, do a 60 pound uh, uh, um, D ball toss over my shoulder. Yeah. And if I beat your score, I was going to post it on Instagram. And if I don't, I'm not going to. So I'm going to try that today. (laughs) Good
1: for you. Yeah, You you need a sandbag? Let me know. We'll send you whatever you want.
0: You're a great dude. All right, brother. Uh, Great to meet you. Please extend my love to Jimmy Letchford, one one of the greatest uh, men. And he taught me a lot, and it was an honor working with him over at uh, Cross